Welcome to this week's episode of Invading Headspaces with your host, Michael Thomason. Each week, a special guest and myself will talk about the growing trends in the world of sports social media and its impacts on performance anxiety and professional athletics as a whole. Welcome to Invading Headspaces. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Invading Headspaces with Michael Thomason. In last week's episode, special guest Aria Solano and I talked about pro soccer and its relationship throughout the world of mental health and athletes. Looking forward to this week's episode, former classmate and close friend Brett Loftus will be joining me all the way from North Dakota to talk about travel sports and their relationship in terms of competitiveness and mentality that these young athletes develop early in their careers. We will talk about social media's role in this and the power social media has on youth in general. Travel organizations such as AAU basketball and 7-on-7 football have become very popular in recent years. While these young athletes are not getting paid like the pros, they have been forced to develop a strong mentality in recent times, and we will analyze what factors go into making a strong mind in a youth athlete. Towards the very end, we will talk about examples of highly touted athletes that have fell victim to mental health struggles and social media's role in this. You are listening to Invading Headspaces by Michael Thomason. Sports? Social media? Does it get any better? Looking for a radio show? Well, I know a really good one, and it's... Tune in to Wig Up with J-Ray and A-B every Friday morning at 9 sharp for the latest world news, celebrity gossip, and the hottest hip-hop and R&B hits you could ever ask for. So be sure to check out Wig Up every Friday morning, only on WPCZ, LPFM, Demers. Z98.7 FM, the student-run radio station at Piedmont University. Welcome back to Invading Headspaces, the sixth episode already of Invading Headspaces podcast. I'm your host, Michael Thomason, and this episode's going to be a little different. Um, this, this time we have special guest Brett Loftus. Um, Brett, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself real quick before we get started. So yeah, I'm a uh, former Piedmont student myself. I graduated in 2022. I was a play-by-play broadcaster at Piedmont for three years, and now I work for the Bank Sports Television Network, which is a cable sports network in Bismarck, located in Bismarck, North Dakota. We cover collegiate high school athletics across the great state of North Dakota. So happy to join you today, Michael. Yeah. So, Brett, like you said, you're in North Dakota right now. We're doing this podcast over a phone call, which is pretty 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 different from where I normally have my guests in the studio so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get through this one pretty well um, but to this week's topic last week I spoke with special guest Aria Solano soccer player at Piedmont University we talked about professional soccer and how the mental effects of that and just the nature of the sport of how how the sport of soccer can take so much out of you physically and mentally as well so when you listen to the sports like that, the various different sports, where does soccer rank for you on the top, on the top um, mental mentally draining sports out there? I think it has to be up there, right? Um, anything is physically draining in the sport of soccer is, um, especially when you talk about the travel circuits, because this one now the the sports one of the major travel sports that you're you're traveling ten out of twelve months out of the year, so. Um, kind of the same thing with basketball as well and even baseball now. Um, and not only the, the mental stress, but the physical stress that then is a byproduct of the mental stress as well. So um, I think it definitely ranks up there. And I think the physical and mental stress of these these travel sports are, 
and not good on the younger athletes, especially those who are probably under the age of 14 and 15 years old. Yeah. I mean, the big thing in travel sports has been a lot of the guys, especially you're looking at these travel sports, these are a lot of high school 17, 18-year-olds who don't know themselves 100% of who they are as an athlete and who they are as a person yet, right? So we're seeing these athletes put so much of themselves into a sport, especially for me in that situation when I was growing up. Travel baseball was such a high priority in the summer, in the fall. We spent pretty much spent, I pretty much spent my whole my whole high school career playing travel, playing baseball year-round. And that's the same for other sports in soccer, basketball, football now with the 7-7 seven, seven on 7s, right? And it's just – it's a lot different compared to other parts of the world where they have breaks and it's not as much as a priority. And we talked about how – me and Aria talked about last week how it is a little different in other parts of the world, how they prioritize different things. But in – travel sports compared to professional sports the amount of competition in travel sports nowadays is second to none like a lot of these people that are going out there and playing in travel sports i remember when i played travel sports i was playing at such a high level everybody i was playing against or with was either committed to a division one school like vanderbilt baseball lsu baseball or they're being looked at by these high profile profile schools Either that or the professionals are ready. So even then, like, you're seeing – it's not the, at the level of the MLB yet, obviously, but you are seeing it start to grow in competition. Yeah, I, I think on the flip side, Michael, um, when we look at these travel athletics now, it has gotten to a certain point to where, as you mentioned, obviously the highest level – especially AU basketball and summer baseball. I mean, these are young men that will be playing in the professional ranks in the late, you know, the next 18 to 24 months. And then even, you know, soccer and talking about seven-on-seven circuits as well. But the, the devil's advocate that I play with you here, and I think that a lot of people have an issue with, is that the money grab of it on the opposite side. When you have those who play AU ball, but they might be on the C or D squad and, you know, just try to even get a, a school to even look at them and really it turns into them and their families just throwing money down the drain. So I do think it, it benefits the competition at the high levels of these travel athletics, but it does, it's not very beneficial for at the lower levels of the tra- travel athletes. Yeah, and most definitely. And we're lo- like in past episodes, I've spoke about Zion Williamson and the NBA and just the amount of NBA athletes that have, coming out, have been coming out recently, experienced mental health issues. And Zion Williamson is the top of the board, right? He's, he's experienced some injuries so far in his New Orleans Pelicans career. But towards the, end of the, uh, towards the end of this past season, he's been sitting out for mental health reasons, right? And we all knew how much of a big-time athlete Zion Williamson was in high school playing for Spartanburg Methodist. And we all have that image in our brain of that little looks like, looks like a 12-year-old defender defending him, and Zion Williamson is well, kind of mocking him a little bit. We all, we've all seen that well, video. And that guy. It's what's funny about that. We, we you know, I, I, I grew up right down the road from that. And it was funny because when you speak of Zion and the young man guarding him, he's got playing college ball. He plays in the same conference as Piedmont. Yeah, he plays for but Birmingham Southern now, which is not a bad school in terms of, no, I mean, not at all. really good basketball school. But what a lot of people don't know about that clip is, is that the young man was three years younger than Zion at the time of the clip. Um, so. 
he, he, he was, that, that was a size difference. And also, biggest thing when you're talking about a young man like Zion was in South Carolina, he was a man amongst boys playing private school basketball. But when he played some of these bigger schools, had some really good recruits in South Carolina at that time. And also, when he was going to play on the travel ball, so he actually played with John Morant. So, getting back to the point there earlier, I think we wouldn't see the, the level of competition that Zion and John had to play at, despite some of the issues they've had to deal with at the next level, both injury and mental health reason wise. But I think we wouldn't see them be able to play at the next level the way that they have been without playing the other travel ball wide in high school. Yeah, of course. And the thing is that I've been thinking about in preparation for this podcast is it's in all sports. We're seeing it in all sports. We're not just seeing it in AAU basketball. We're not just seeing it in seven-on-seven football in the spring. We're seeing it in travel baseball, travel soccer, every sport, right? And the thing that sticks out to me is seeing, especially from playing high-level baseball in high school and before high school throughout my entire life, seeing the amount of athletes that have struggled to maintain their level of play because of how travel sports is not only physically draining them throughout the year, but mentally draining them as well. I mean, I remember watching a video of John Smoltz, I think it was, talking about burnout in young pitchers and just being able to see the amount of pitchers that I've played with in travel travel ball and high school not being able to play anymore, just not only physically, like they can't, they don't have that level of play anymore, but mentally, like they just can't do it anymore. It's just a crazy thing to see. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with that is, is especially, you know, you hate to see guys when they get to the next level um, that they have that kind of burnout, Michael, because you see so much talent nowadays that is is really just wasted because of, like what you speak of, they were burnout. And you, you know, you even see it really in minor league baseball now. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest story that I like to point out there is, you know, the number one overall pick in 2013, by the Astros, and then he was a top pick again in 14 was Marika Pell. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, he had to burn out his two seahawks, and then he ended up, you know, obviously uh, uh, coming back and making comeback, but he had burnout out issues and, and semi-retired. So I think that's a great point. Yeah. And after we get back from this break, I do want to speak about another player, Blaze Jordan, uh, top prospect for the Boston Red Sox organization. I actually played against Blaze a little bit in travel ball in my preparation to go to college. So I do want to speak on his issues a little bit and just the percentages of young athletes that end up quitting organized, organized sports. We'll talk about that a little bit after the break, though. You're listening to Invading Headspaces with our special guest, Brett Loftus and Michael Thomason. Looking for a new podcast to listen to? Well, check out Basketball and BS with Jarrett Ray and Chris Donsero. This show is giving you everything NBA on and off the court. So if you're a basketball fan... Go check out Basketball and BS with Jarrett Ray and Chris Donsero. Find Basketball and BS on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Invading Headspace podcast with Michael Thomason and our special guest this week, Brett Loftus, all the way from North Dakota. Like we said earlier, he was a former graduate of Piedmont University here, and we've been talking about the impacts of travel sports and professional sports and how they relate, Brett. As many as 70% of young athletes quit organized sports because of intense pressure. When you hear a stat like that, that's 7 out of 10. When you hear a stat like that, what, what goes through your mind? I really just think about 
Um, and, I, and I hate to say it, but, you know, a lot of the pressure, um, while it does come from the individual, it also comes from the parent. And, and I think that a lot of times you, you, you see a little bit too much pressure can be put on uh, for parents at times. And I, I think that, that that's really what jumps out of me that's that. But, you know, pressure also comes from anywhere. And then we can then kind of translate, unfortunately, the, the mental health issues. So I think pressure. Uh, you know, male, uh, especially for these kids that just have generational talent at such a young age. Like, my favorite story, um, the kind of pinpoint to that is Todd Marinovich. Uh, did a 30 for 30 on him. The Marinovich project, you know, his dad had built him up from, a, from such a young age to who he thought that his son was going to end up being. Um, and then, you know, ended up, um, being a bust in the NFL, had all the talent in the world, but, you know, just, just had a lot of issues mentally once he got there. So I think that, you know, it, it, it's important. While if you do want to start your, your child young, um, you also need to make sure that uh, you give them the right help that they need and, and being a good parent on both ends of that. And Brett, you grew up playing baseball, if I'm not mistaken. You grew up playing baseball and travel sports in high school. What are your some what, what are some of your experiences with travel baseball and like you said, with your with parents and coaches get not only getting not really getting in the way necessarily, but you know, adding that pressure to it. I'm not just saying it because it was my dad, but I think my dad always did a good job of having the parent balance with me. Because I mean, at times my dad was a was a coach, um, but at other times, you know, my dad had to be a dad at times. And I think my dad was realistic with me if I played well, but I also think that he was he praised me like like I said when I did well, but he also got down on me with that it was bad. And I think that you know, elsewhere in life as well, I think that's a good balance to have. Um, whether you're playing sports or whether you're doing what I do in broadcasting or, you know, whether you're doing something else, it's good to have people around you who, again, they tell you when you're doing well, but they also let you know where you can improve at, how you can get better when you're not doing so well. Yeah, and a lot of the experiences I've seen playing travel baseball and other sports as well is not only are parents and coaches, you know, really hard on their sons or their players when they're doing bad, but it's also on the flip side, right? Like you'll see parents who think their kids walk on water and think their kids can do no wrong on the field. And that's just not the reality. And that does, I feel like that does even more of a negative effect on a player than the other side of it, like the too much negativity. Because if you develop the mentality of everybody's telling you, you can do no wrong, you can never do wrong, you've never done anything wrong in your game, that makes I feel like that's always made add a little bit of complacency that it just it just de- develops a, into a well yeah yeah you have to be able to you have to be able to get better because um, like you're saying you cannot become stagnant um, in whatever you do especially if you want to be good at it I think like we talked about in the first part of this podcast if you want to continue to improve at something um, you're going to play it and that's why travel sports became so big and then. Those who obviously want to improve at something, you want to be able to play it as long as you can, which is why travel sports have come so big in the college circuits. And then when you look at travel baseball and such, now they come big on the professional circuit. But look at a young man like a Max Clark, who was a you know number one prospect since he was a freshman in high school. And you knew, even though he committed to Vanderbilt as a freshman in high school, you knew that he was going to be a young man that was going to go top five in the major league draft his first year out of high school. And why do we know that? Because of the travel ball circuit. You know, he got watched, and then he had the opportunity to go play Team USA. And, again, it was just a lot of things that kind of, uh, you know, washed down for him 
because of travel baseball. And again, he continued to play it because he was so good. But again, he also got better at it every year he played it as well. So that's a story I think here recently that you can really look at and pinpoint to travel baseball, taking you not to the collegiate level, but to the professional level and uh, boosted, boosted his popularity out of the roof on social media as well. Yeah. And tying social media into, into this a little bit, I mean, we see how many teenagers use social media on a daily basis. We, use, we see their activity levels and just being able to see the frequency of high school players, college players, even a little bit in the minor leagues and other sports like basketball and football, you see it. But how much, how much of an impact do you see social media usage having on an athlete's mental health, especially at those young ages when they don't know any better on how to accommodate it? Yeah, you know, Michael, I, I was watching and listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, it's called The Dale Jr. Download. It's um, obviously from Dale Jr., one of your more prominent NASCAR names in the community. And he had Kevin Harvick's PR guy on there, which they now own a management company. And they were just talking about all the clients that they manage, and every, a lot of young clients uh, across the golf game, across mixed martial arts, NASCAR, of course, and even bull riding. And, you know, they talked about how they all manage their social media and they usually run their social media. And if they do have something they would like to tweet, they have to go through them first. And I think that, you know, obviously you can't have this for every athlete because having a management company costs money, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I do think that it should be careful how much time um, you spend on social media, but not only that, how much weight you put into that, that is on social media. I think that not necessarily the, the social media itself. Um, it's just kind of like the analogy you know, too much of anything is a bad thing. And I think social media is a powerful tool that can be used for both good and bad. And I think in today's society, when we're on it as much as we are, especially for these young men and women who are so good at athletics, sometimes you can see so much good about yourself and you see bad about yourself, it can really put you down. Yeah. And just see, I mean, seeing, I mean, I don't, I'm not too knowledgeable about the NASCAR side of it, but the the impacts it's having, right? Social media is such a big promotional tool nowadays, and it's done a lot of good in promoting different sports and different, especially travel organizations that don't really get that popularity otherwise, but it's done a lot of good. And on the flip side, though, it does, it can be, it can have a rude awakening for play, for players and especially young athletes that don't know any better on how to use it right and use it to better themselves mentally and physically. And I did want to switch gears onto this Blaze, Blaze Jordan issue because, I mean, Blaze Jordan is a relatively young athlete, 20, 21 years old, a right-handed slugger in the Red Sox organization right now. And like I said earlier, I played a little bit against him in travel ball. And just seeing, I mean, 11 years old when he bashed a baseball 390 feet into the stands at Texas Rangers Stadium, 11 years old. We're, we're talking about a prodigy baseball player, a guy that everybody's name – he's. Everybody's known this guy's name since he was 11 years old. And when you have that kind of popularity at such a young age and you don't know how to handle it, it can be rough. Yeah, I think that's a great point you made up there, Michael. You know, it kind of begs the question of when you look at Victor Wimbanyama, uh, he's kind of he's come up in the age of social media and people compared him to LeBron. And obviously, we're going to see how his career plays out. And you know, the most hyped prospect in the history of NBA basketball and has been since he was about 15, 16 years old. Kind of same thing with LeBron, right? He was on ESPN at the age of 16, but the one thing LeBron 
maybe didn't have going against him or for him, depending on the way you look at it, is the fact that he did not grow up in the social media era, uh, exactly. like you're talking about with Blaze. Exactly. And so, uh, like I said, I think that you know LeBron obviously got the notoriety that he did, um, but should you know the other players and other high school players who maybe were as talented as LeBron didn't get that hype back then? But now everybody's going to get their roses nowadays because of, you know, we, we have um, Brad Boots, which is obviously a, a, a major uh, basketball recruiting organization, but they focus a lot only in the Midwest. And we have a young man in this state right now who's named Jeremiah Sim. He led the, uh, his, his team to a his state championship last year, played on the AAU circuit last year, got a lot of traction in the summertime, and he's gained some national traction. You know, he was in a tournament down in Charlotte, and there was a lot of national attention around him on Twitter. And, and a young man, he was in a senior year of high school from North Dakota, and now people know his name across the country because of social media and because of Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. So you wouldn't see this in years past, especially from some of your, uh, I would say, non-traditional athletic states such as North Dakota. But again, that's the power of social media, just as we're talking about, and like with Blaze. Um, I'm not going to say he wouldn't be playing professional baseball right now without him, but it definitely helped him and helped build around the, the prodigy that he was. Yeah, and just his ability to, like he's, like we said, we he posted about his struggles with mental health on X or Twitter, and just seeing social media's usage in that also, like be, him being able to address his mental health and and like have people put it out there to be known, that's something that we don't, know that other athletes before social media like LeBron James other like primary athletes we don't know that they, they didn't they didn't experience those mental health issues but yeah well Brett um it's been a it's been an awesome time having you on this podcast I appreciate you calling in all the way from North Dakota this afternoon and getting this done with me and really analyzing travel sports in comparison to professional sports because professional sports has been the, the main focus of this entire podcast series but just seeing how travel sports has a role. It does have a role. And I appreciate you being on, and maybe we can get you on sometime in the future also. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I appreciate you having me. Uh, glad to see you grow. Glad to see the podcast grow. And uh, hope everybody's doing well back in Georgia. And, uh, glad to hear from you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. You're listening to Invading Headspaces with Michael Thomason and our special guest this week, Brett Loftus. Looking for a radio show? Well, I know a really good one, and it's... Tune in to Wig Up with J-Ray and A-B every Friday morning at 9 sharp for the latest world news, celebrity gossip, and the hottest hip-hop and R&B hits you could ever ask for. So be sure to check out Wig Up every Friday morning, only on WPCZ, LP, FM, Demers, Z, 98.7 FM, student-run radio station at Piedmont University. Thank you for listening to Invading Headspaces with Michael Thomason. Make sure to join us this time next Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, as me and a surprise guest will be talking about mental health and women's sports compared to men's sports. We will analyze the differences in media coverage in women's sports compared to men's, and if this could be the reason we see so many female athletes experiencing complications with their mental health. This has been Invading Headspaces with Michael Thomason. Sports, social media, does it get any better? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Invading Headspaces with Michael Thomason.
Make sure to tune in next week wherever you get your podcasts as another special guest and I will be talking about social media and its growing power in the world of professional sports. This has been Invading Headspaces, and I am Michael Thomason.